Okay, welcome to Oasis Singles. My name is Pastor Dave, and I'm so excited you're here. By the way, this site is not just about Christian dating service reviews and so forth, but it's also about life advice, all things Christian single. We have articles, we have interactive ways that you can get in touch with each other, and we also have podcasts that are all about the Christian life. I hope you enjoy our site, and I hope you enjoy the podcast you're about to listen to right now. God bless. So what are you afraid of? Not afraid of like the boogeyman or some sort of spider or snakes or anything like that, but what kind of things keep you just tossing and turning at night? You know, just keep you so stressed out all day. You know, what's the one thing in your life that just, it just, once it happens, you're just in a sour mood all day. The the one thing that just gets under your skin and you just can't let go of. I mean, what is the one thing that makes you just feel so anxious. Folks, do you know what all these cans right here, do you know what they all have in common? They all come with the same warning. It says, caution, contents under pressure. Contents under pressure. Ever, you ever feel that way? I mean, does that describe your life? Contents under pressure. Well, everyone, I'm I'm Tom Kang. I'm one of the campus pastors here at Liquid Church, and you have come at a great time. This is the Prison Break series finale. And so if you're still trying to figure out, you know, how to get peace and this joy in hard times, you're in luck. Because check this out, whether you're here in our, one of our Jersey campuses or, or maybe you're somewhere far, far away on the, on the, from the, far away from the Jersey Turnpike, like, uh, well, good for you actually, right? Like maybe on the internet campus watching online, great stuff. You've tuned in at a great time because the, as, the, as the Apostle Paul wraps things up here in his letter to the Philippians, we're gonna see how he tells us what to do when we feel like we're under pressure, right? When when you feel like you're full of stress and you're just so anxious. In other words, he basically gives us the ABCs of how to live a joyful, peaceful life no matter what situation you're in, no matter what kind of pressure you're under, no matter who you are and what you've done or where you've been, the Apostle Paul I'm just going to come out clean here and, and say this. The Apostle Paul actually ends the book of Philippians with this sort of money-back guarantee on how to live a joyful, peaceful, th- that is a, a peace-filled life, even when you're surrounded by the pressures and stresses and anxieties of life. It sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? I mean, maybe you're thinking, uh, okay, all right, I get it. This is where like liquid gets all televangelistic, right? The whole health and wealth gospel thing, the easy believing, easy receiving. Just said 1995 right here and you too can receive this holy handkerchief, you know, guaranteed to take your, all your stress away, right? No, no, come on guys, wrong, absolutely wrong. I mean, listen. 
just because Pastor Tim's hair is made for TV doesn't mean that Liquid Church's theology is whack, okay? Just hang with me here, all right? I will say this, folks. What we're about to see in this, he's going to kill me, in this last chapter of Paul's letter is really easy stuff. I, I, I mean, the stuff in this last chapter is so easy. I promise you, it is easy to understand. And check this out. It works every single time. But it's really hard to do because it's really easy, actually, to forget. In fact, some of you, as as we go through this, you're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, I knew that. I knew I knew I was supposed to do that. It's, it's kind of like that feeling you got back in school. You remember when, when you walked out of an exam, you're like, oh, how did I get that wrong? I studied so much. I knew the answer to that. Uh, and, and now that, that sort of thing just happens in life, right? So, so as we go back to the Bible, God is going to remind us of the things that we need to remember for our own good. And, and so today, I'm going to ask you to do something I've actually never asked any of you to do during one of my messages. Just send 1995 to me. No, I'm just, come on, folks. I'm just kidding, all right? No, today I'm going to ask you to go ahead and click those pens of yours, right? You got those pens? Those of you on the internet campus, I know Aussie Dave's been drilling this inside. Go ahead and check in that little box over there. You can type these notes, print them out. Really cool, right? Because today we're going to just jot down three extremely practical and easy points that come straight from your Bibles for dealing with the pressures and stresses of life in our daily lives so that you can know peace in any single situation. These things are so easy to understand, but they're so easy to forget. And that's why we want to write this stuff down. So, so stick it on your fridge. You can put it on your bathroom mirror. That's actually what I did, really. And, and, and so, so here, here we go. Turn with me, would you, in your Bibles to page 816. We're looking at Philippians chapter 4. And Paul's writing this last chapter of his letter uh, from prison, right? And, and if you think about it, he's, he's under a little bit of pressure here. I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, he may or may not be getting executed soon. I mean, like having his head chopped off. I mean, that's a little stress, yeah? But check this out. Even in that moment, this is what he writes, okay? Philippians chapter 4, I'm looking at verse 4 there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Just just stop right there, right? What's what's going on here? Rejoice always? No, 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 come on, I mean... What's the catch, right? What's going on? What's, what's the nuance, right? Come on, Mr. Uh, Bible theology guy. Uh, what's it say in the original Greek, right? Well, what's going on there? Always? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked, actually, because um, the word there, always, in Greek, it means always, as in every time, as in all the time, as in Rejoice always, be joyful in the Lord all of the time, every single moment. Are you sure? There's some kind of nuance there. You're not telling me something. Well, okay, let's see here. Let's see what the next sentence says there, the next little part there. Oh, yeah, here we go. I will say it again, 
rejoice. Now, believe you me, I, I, I get it. I, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, how can we always be joyful, right? I mean, let's just be honest here. Personally speaking, you know, I find people who are like always happy kind of weird, maybe even a little bit annoying, right? It's like, come on, dude, give me a break. I mean, you can put on a happy face and all that stuff, but come on, when you're... When your contents are under pressure, it is hard to always be happy. Am I right? Right? Is it possible to always be full of joy no matter what? Yeah. Yeah, actually, it is. Again, don't, don't forget what Paul's been telling us throughout this whole letter. So, so before, you, before you think about abandoning ship, before you walk out those doors, before you tune out, just listen to these three steps that Paul gives us. And they're found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. You, get, you got your pens ready? Okay, you click those pens. And, and let's, let's read here this first step found in verse 6 together here, okay? It says, do not be anxious about anything. Just, just stop right there. Stop right there. Just go ahead and just underline, take those pens and underline those six words that we just read. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, what what, what does that mean? What, what, What does it mean to be anxious? Well, you know, uh, we'll give you some real Greek here. The, the, the Greek word used there is merimeno, and it, and it literally means to worry in a self-centered, counterproductive manner. <laughs> Basically, it means to freak out. Yeah, to freak out. And, and, so, and so what Paul is saying here is, is, is look, if you really want that joy-filled life in every situation, even during, especially during the most difficult parts of life, the first thing that you need to remember is don't freak out about anything. Think of it this way. Paul, you can think of it as Paul is like this doctor and he's giving us this prescription from prison about how to deal with anxiety. And his first ingredient from this prescription is this. Number one, worry about nothing. Go ahead and just jot that down. I'll I'll give you a second there. Worry about nothing. Now, I told you, these steps, they, they are easy to understand. But how many of you would actually say that, uh, yeah, easy to say, but a lot harder to do, right? Can I see some hands, right? A lot harder to do, yeah. And, and, I mean, it's no sweat to, you know, kind of sing, you know, don't worry, uh, be happy, right? It's easy to sing, right? Maybe you probably sing it better than I do. But, but then as soon as that awful song is over and you walk out those doors, you turn off your computer and life starts happening, you immediately start to worry again, right? About something, anything. 
In fact, it's been said that we are living in the golden age of anxiety. It's actually plastered. You see it all over all these headlines because today, not only do you have these micro pressures, which are basically your, your everyday, your specific individual life worries, things like, you know, the budget and kids and what to make for dinner and shelter and income. But now, now like no other generation before us, we actually have macro pressures as well. The worries of the world. Right? I mean, it's no wonder that people are uptight. You know, I was thinking about it this way this, this morning. You know, mo- most of us, right, most of us, we have our nice, peaceful sleep interrupted by what? An alarm clock. An alarm clock. Have you, have you ever thought about this? An alarm, something that is meant to signal stress. Right? That's what wakes us up every morning. You know, some of us are under so much pressure, actually, that, that we don't even need the alarm clock, right? Because, because we can't actually sleep at night. You know, what, one of the things that this series is doing is it's bringing a, a lot of people, stirring up a lot of conversations, it's stirring the heart. And I've had some conversations with some of you in person and over the email. And, and some of, it's so clear that some of your minds are, are just so busy. You're just so stressed out. We live under so much pressure. I was, I was talking to this one lady this past week who, who literally, she was telling me that it, 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 she just can't sleep. She, she's got like insomnia. She literally woke up six times in a four-hour span because she had just so much running through her mind. Think about that. Six times in four hours, and that was one of the better nights. <laughs> Another guy was telling me that, that for him, you know, the, his office situation, it's just getting so tense. There's so much pressure. People are getting laid off, all this stress. And, and for him, he identified that, for, this is like big business guy, I guess. He, he identified that his big win for this quarter was just to make it to the next quarter. In other words, he just... He just didn't want to lose his job. He didn't want to get laid off or, 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 or somehow fired or something like that. I mean, that is a lot of pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressure. I mean, it is no wonder you're stressed out even before you step foot into the office. I mean, you want to talk about pressure at work? Let me show you something here. This, this, is, this is kind of funny. It's, it's actually kind of sad, too, in some ways, but just amazing. I, I don't know if you've already seen this or something. You know, it's, it's kind of gone viral on Vimeo and, and YouTube, but this is from a surveillance camera in some sort of, like, office, park, cubicle land, something, right? And, and anyone else work here in a, in, in a cube farm around here, right? Okay, I see that hand. <laughs> and so anyways, um, and, and, uh, this is from a surveillance camera of a guy that's under just a little bit of stress. I mean, he, he's just not dealing so well with all the pressure.
just another day at the office, right? Just amazing, right? Again, Paul's first prescription for us here is a very wise one. Don't freak out about anything. You know, Pastor Rick Warren, to whom I'm indebted for many of these insights, once shared how Dr. Walter Calvert actually did some research on anxiety, and he discovered that on average, more than 40% of your worries and your anxieties, your, your sources of stress, never even happen. <laughs> In other words, if you were to go ahead right now and just jot down your top 10 stresses, your top 10 worries or anxieties, you'd be able to knock off a random four of them just because they're never even going to happen, right? I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's also a great start, isn't it? But it actually gets even better because Dr. Calvert then went on to identify that about 30% of your anxieties deal with issues of the past. In other words, these are things that, that have already happened and can't be altered in any other way. In other words, the past is past. It's gone. It's done. It's over with. And it doesn't have any control or influence on the future, no matter how much you worry about it. So you see, anxiety, anxiety just messes us up for right now. A anxiety can't change the past, and worry is not going to control the future. All anxiety does is mess things up for today. And you know what? That's what Paul's saying here. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't freak out because most of the things don't even come to pass. So, I mean, like this doctor is saying, so right away, you've got about 70%, seven of your top 10 that are done with, gone, right? Needless. Then Dr. Calvert goes on to say that 12% of your worries are about these unwarranted health concerns. It's sort of basically speaking to the hypochondriac in all of us, right? The guy that goes bonkers. Oh my gosh, I have cancer or something, right? It's that, right? I mean, 12% needless health concerns. Meanwhile, another 10% of your anxieties are by and large uh, insignificant, petty, they're, they're, they're these things that really don't matter. You know, they're the mundane things like, you know, uh, oh, you know, I heard tomorrow is going to be cloudy. Mm. Or, what is this, chicken? I had chicken last night. Or, or oh, my gosh, these, these, oh, these commercials. Oh, I hate these commercials. We got to get TiVo or something. You know, it's just absolutely just little things which leaves us, most of us, with only 8% of our pressures actually worth some sort of legitimate concern. 8%. Only 8% that are barely, sort of, not even one whole anxiety from your list of top 10. 8%. Are, are you catching this? 40% of your anxieties, they, they just, they're not even going to happen. 30% of your anxieties, 30% are just, they're just dead. They're just, they're not even, another 12%, another 12% are just needless worries about health and stuff. Right? And then, and then you've got another, uh, what is it, another 10% just, Absolutely meaningless. That wasn't good, right? And that leaves you with what? That leaves you with 8%. I mean, it's not even... 
leaves you with 8% of your worries. I mean, it makes you think, doesn't it? I mean, maybe, maybe Paul was actually onto something here when, when he said that, you know, worry about nothing. But you know what? I, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, well, Pastor Tom, hold on. I mean, what about my 8%? I mean, my good, that is a legitimate 8%, isn't it? I mean, I got to freak out about, I'm allowed to freak out about this, right? You know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like some of us wouldn't know what to do in a world without anxiety. I, it, it, we, we, we've somehow become functional with our dysfunctions. We even actually take pride in it sometimes. We say things like this, right? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I perform well under pressure, right? Really? Okay, right, 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 right. Well, here's the thing, folks. God, what if God had way more in store for you than just being functional? And, and you know what? So, so Paul tells us, he He tells us exactly what to do. And I'm telling you, this stuff is easy. It is easy to understand. It is not rocket science. First, worry about nothing. Then for ingredient number two of Paul's prescription, look with me here at verse six again. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything. Here we go now. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Number one, worry about nothing. Number two, pray about everything. But in everything, go ahead and circle that word, everything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, see, to worry about nothing requires an actual shift in our mindset. And, and, and that's why Paul says, pray about everything. Now, folks, let me, just, let me just stop here and say straight up, okay? Prayer, prayer does not have to be a chore, okay? I mean, sometimes we, we read a verse like this, we, we hear things like this, and, and, and we immediately, I, I know, because I'm just like you, we, we just, we go to this place of, ah, I, 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 I don't have time to pray. I, I don't, I don't want to pray. I even heard this a lot. I, I don't know how to pray, right? But here's the thing, just start, by using the time you would have spent worrying to pray. Does that make sense? In other words, if you prayed as much as you worried, you'd have a lot less to worry about. Does that make sense? I mean, just just make this decision. Whenever you feel your stress levels rising and the the blood is just boiling, right? And the anxiety is getting up there. just, Just make the decision at that moment to stop. Worry about nothing. And then sort of 
change gears and use the time and the energy you would have spent worrying to actually pray instead. And folks, did you know that you can actually pray about anything and everything? Did you know that that God who made every thumbprint unique, uh, the, the God who has every hair on your head numbered, and I get it, some of you have more hair than others, right? Did you know that there is nothing that you can't pray about, right? If it's worth worrying about, it's worth praying about as well. You can pray about anything and everything. And check this out. You don't even have to use fancy, spiritual, eloquent language, right? Isn't that great? In fact, nowhere in the entire Bible does it say that you have to use formal language to pray. On the contrary, most of the examples of prayer that you see in the Bible are extremely conversational, and they are always based within the context of relationship, a relationship between a creator God who loves you and created you and that individual whom he loves. It's amazing. It just so, sort of think of the prayers in the Bible. Think of the Psalms, right? They're these like raw, emotive, heart-to-heart conversations with God. Sometimes they are just, they're just, they're just said in these sheer anguish with a lot of passion and, and yelling and screaming and crying. And other times, much more quiet and contemplative, peaceful, right? Like a conversation. But in all cases... They're always conversational and within the context of relationship. You know, it's, it's kind of like the way that uh, I was telling you, I, I, I've got my daughter, right, Allie. She's, she's four years old. She's our oldest one. And I, I guess it's because, I don't know, maybe I'm the biggest one in the house. Maybe I'm like the largest person she sees on a physical day-to-day basis. I don't know where she got this, but she's, she's just now started, for the past couple of weeks or so, she's just now started calling me Big Buddy. Hey, Big Buddy. Hey, Big Buddy, are we going to go out and play today? Hey, Big Buddy, can you help me with this? I love you, Big Buddy. Good night, Big Buddy. <laughs> I just, I have to tell you, I just, seriously, it is, it is one of the best parts of my day. It just warms my heart whenever she says that. Big Buddy. You know, Eric and I, we just get such a kick out of it. Every time she's a big buddy, you know, and, and now, now, can I just stop here for a second and ask you something? Do you think there's even been a single moment in my life, in that little four-year-old girl's life, where, I, where, where she said, big buddy, do you think I ever stopped and was just like angry with her, upset with her because, you know, because maybe she didn't address me as, you know, Father, uh, uh, Father, please pass the orange beverage this way. No, of course not. Why? Because we have a father-daughter relationship that is way beyond formalities. So how much more you with your heavenly father See, check this out. Go ahead and put your finger in Philippians, right? We'll, we'll turn back there in a second. But, but turn with me a little earlier to the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. It's found there on page 673 here. 
find it myself. 673, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And, and check out the way that Jesus is about to instruct these people whose lives are under pressure, okay? Check this out. Matthew 6, 25, it says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or or store away in the barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single single hour to your life. I mean, you might actually take away, right? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? I mean, you're so anxious about all the sales and the latest fashions, right? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? He's got it covered. Or, or what shall we drink? Or, or what shall we wear? There you go again with the clothes. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly father, your big buddy, your perfect heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, folks, you don't have to worry about anything because you have a big buddy who cares so much for you. A a big buddy who wants to hear from you and is so, so glad that, that, that you have this relationship with him. So go ahead and pray to God about anything and everything. And now go back with me, back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 here. Philippians 4, 6, and it says, pray and petition. In other words, ask him in specifics. Ask him in details when you pray. Don't just keep it general. Don't, Lord, bless me today. Uh, Thank you for this food. No, no, no. Be specific. With thanksgiving, it says, because, because you've got a God. Why should you do it with thanksgiving? Because you have a big buddy. A heavenly father, a perfect heavenly father, God, who is all loving and who is all powerful and who wants you to approach him and present your request to this God. And and, and so here's the insight, folks. Here's what I hope that you're seeing here. No problem is too big or small to pray about. In other words, there is no pressure so large or minute that God doesn't want to hear about it, right? Paul is simply saying, you know, if you want to relieve stress, you know, if you want to relieve that stress, if you want to relieve that pressure, worry about nothing and pray about everything. And what's the result? What happens next? Well, the paragraph ends with the next verse, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, this is so interesting because you see that little word there, guard? 
right? How God, how God's peace will actually guard your, your hearts and your minds. It's talking to all the people in Philippi, right? Guard your hearts and minds. I like that word there because it's, a, it's actually a Greek military term, right? That, that word guard there is referring to the sentry guards. This is a specific type of soldier who would stand guard at a point of entrance, usually a gate. Do, do you see what's going on here? Are, are you catching this? Paul is writing to these people in Philippi, a Roman colony, right? Protected by a Roman legion. This Roman legion, this century guard was the ones, they were the ones who kept the peace of the entire city. See, nothing got in and nothing came out without passing by their guard, without passing their watch. So check this. It is like God is saying, when you put your trust in his son, Jesus Christ, when you worry about nothing and pray about everything, it's like he puts his sentry guard at the entrance of your heart and at the entrance of your mind to protect you. It's like God puts his elite troop of these guards, these soldiers, to safeguard and keep the peace when everything in life is trying to just barge in and stress you out. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. And the third and last ingredient that Paul gives to this prescription, think about the right things. Check this out. In the last passage here, verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or seen in me, put it into practice. And here's that promise again. Look at that promise there. And the God of peace will be with you. See, this last point here reminds us, if you want to reduce the stress in your life, you need to change the way that you think. You know, whatever you put in your mind is what's going to come out in your life. You know, you you got garbage in, you're going to have garbage out. You have good things in, you're going to have good things out, right? And so whatever you feed your mind, whatever you think about, that's what's going to come out of your life. And so it's like this. If all you do is feed your mind with like, you know, desperate housewives and lost, well then, you know what, chances are you're probably on the road to becoming a lost, desperate housewife, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, I I love lost, and I know I'm going to get the emails now, you know, oh, what's wrong with desperate housewives? But anyways, but that's that's not going to stop me actually from asking you, what do you dwell on? What do you think about the most? What dominates up here, right? Because whatever you think about the most, that is what you're becoming. (laughs) We always move towards whatever it is that we're focusing on, right? If you want to become more like Christ, you want to fill up your mind with his word. 
You want to fill your mind with his promises and the promise that he will always have, his presence will be with you even when you're under pressure. You want to fill your mind up with all these truths. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, it's really easy, folks, when you think what you think actually determines what you do. What you think determines what you do. But now, here's the, here's the tricky thing. Here's the crazy thing. A little bit scary. Um, a lot of times, most times, you don't even realize it. What you think determines what you do. You do what you think, but most times, you do not even realize it. For instance, you know, I've been, I've been kind of tossing this can around, right? And we all know it says, it says pledge there, right? Thing, right? Um, and we all know pledge, it's got anti-dust formula. You know, we know that it's con- caution, contents under pressure, right? We get that, right? And everyone knows that, you know, pledge has got this, you know, that fresh, oh, it smells good, fresh lemon scent, right? But here's the thing, okay? I actually have, I got, I just so happen to, I always carry around uh, two lemons in my pockets, right? Okay, I actually have two lemons in my pocket, and I, I want you guys to just, just, just indulge me here, okay? Humor me here. I'm gonna ask every single person here to go ahead and just for a couple seconds, close your eyes. That's right, all of you, go ahead, all our campuses, close your eyes, okay? Now I want to ask you, as you, as you're closing your eyes, there, right? I want to ask you to imagine that you're in my kitchen. Yeah, the one without the Sub-Zero fridge, that one, right? Now, I want to ask you, pretend that you're in my kitchen and, and just picture me slicing these lemons. I mean, it's a sunny day. You see the sunshine coming in, peering in through the window. And, and you see me take this nice, long, clean knife and I'm slicing away these lemons on my, le- uh, on my countertop, right? And, and the sunlight is shining through and, and you see the fresh, ooh, the fresh juices. They're just exploding, right? The, the sunshine is just glistening. You see this citrus spray glistening in the sunlight, right? And, and, now, and now indulge me just a little bit more here. Just keep your eyes closed a little bit more and just indulge me for one more second here. I'm going to ask you to open your mouth now. Just open your mouth, okay? And pretend that I'm coming over to you and I've got this freshly sliced lemon and I just squeeze a little bit. Go ahead. I squeeze a little bit into your mouth and ooh, oh, ooh, can you just Oh, man, can you just taste this, that perfect blend of of tartness and sweetness and sourness and and just this fresh citrusiness. Oh, it's so good. Okay, open your eyes. Okay, now, if you're like me right now, you actually have more saliva in your mouth, don't you? Right? Uh, Go ahead, look look around, look to your neighbor, see, he's drooling, right? Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, isn't it? I, I mean, I mean, it's. I'm not even in the room right now. We're not even in the same room together. You haven't, you haven't tasted these lemons. You, you can't smell them. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't licked them or anything like that, right? It's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. But what happens is, what our mind thinks about triggers in our actual bodies a real physical response. That's that's wacky, right? And so if your mind, think about it this way, if your mind is constantly filled with negative, anxious thoughts, 
Is it any wonder then that your body would react in some sort of fight or flight mode all the time? Always under constant alarm? Always under pressure? I mean, is there any mystery to that? No, of course not. And you know, it's this mind-body connection that Paul is getting at here, right? What you think determines what you do, whether you realize it or not. Which is why all the more, if you really want joy in hard times, you need to make a very conscious, deliberate choice to think about the right things. What kind of things? Paul says, whatever is true, not the junk made up in your mind, whatever is noble, not base, whatever is right, whatever is pure, not wrong or dirty, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, not always the worst case scenario. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about Jesus. Think about God the Father, your big buddy, your heavenly Father and his unconditional love for you. Think about all the ways Up until now, he has provided and met your every single need. And think about how he will continue to provide as your perfect heavenly father every future need. You know, these are the things that Paul believed. Paul believed it. Paul practiced it. And now, Paul prescribes it. Can you say this with me together? Let's say this together. Number one, worry about nothing. Number two, pray about everything. And number three, think about the right things. And now folks, don't forget the promise, right? The promise is, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And he says it again there, and the God of peace will be with you. Contents under pressure? (laughs) How about a life of peace? Let's pray. Big buddy, Abba Father, thank you so much. Thank you that um, just the way that Ali can call me big buddy, I can call you big buddy too. And God, I just want to confess that uh, I need to preach this message to myself. That's what I just did. Because I admit that a lot of times I I mix the order up. I I worry about everything. I I pray about nothing and I I think about the wrong things. So God, I just want to thank you for the forgiveness and mercy that is found in your son, Jesus. I want to thank you that Jesus Christ stands as the sentry guard protecting the entrance to my heart and my mind. And I want to thank you, God, that even under pressure, we have the promise of your presence and your peace in and through Jesus Christ. I pray for that peace upon everyone here who is listening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.